everybody and welcome to episode 80 of the Lion of the Inner Sweet podcast. It's not, it's the first one of the season I guess, pre-season has begun, there's enough stuff accumulated over the past four or five weeks or so to actually warrant a podcast and as, as there always is with Bolton there's some good and there's quite a lot of bad and the bad tends to be quite hilarious at the same time but before we delve in who's joining me, I am of course Dan Murphy and joining me today is Mr Chris Manning. Chris, how is he? I'm all right, Dan. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm very manfully getting through the the tail end of a truly debilitating bout with man flu. Um, just just really getting on with life and trying not to make a big deal of it. To be honest. Good stuff. Good stuff. And also joining us is Mr. Will Jones. Will, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Not too bad. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we'll may as well head right in. No, no uh, deliberating. Um, we'll start with Bolton transfer window thus far. It's been. Mixed one, shall we say. We have signed three players and, well, two that we know of, one almost definitely happening, uh, unless we get a cock-up of amazing proportions, which I half wouldn't mind happening, just the embarrassment of one agent. Um, First of all, Will Buckley. He obviously played really well for Brighton a few years ago under Gus Parry when they nearly got promotion but just missed out. He's had a bit of a... Well, he went to Sunderland and he never got any game time there at all and had long spells at Blackburn, I think, and other places, and maybe Birmingham, I want to say, and never really got much opportunities. He might have had a couple of injuries. So he's a player with something to prove, Chris, someone who's had pedigree, Ooh. had promise, and kind of come down in hard times. It's kind of the player we're going to have to be looking out for, considering well, we're desperate and we're going to need desperate players. It is, and it's the, the very rare instance of somebody that I've played against playing for Bolton. Wow. Um, he was a regular, a regular at Berry College five-a-side about eight or nine years ago. Um, so I think he's probably in Rochdale, Rochdale, somewhere like that. Yeah, and he was he was well known, <coughs> excuse me, well known in the league as being a, a you know someone who was making his way in the pro ranks. I'm fairly sure he was at someone like Oldham or Rochdale as well at the time. Um, so he was making his way in the in the game. But it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think that's that's it's almost like a bit of a pound shot version of the Allardyce era now, isn't it? Where we're taking these waves and waves and strays. People that have maybe lost their way a little bit at other clubs um, and coming to Bolton to sort of resurrect themselves a little bit, which is fine by me. Um, but most importantly, it's going to be affordable. It, it, it seems to be following Parkinson's um, transfer strategy so far, doubling up in certain positions or trebling or quadrupling up, Quad- if you're talking about, right, about, about right backs, um, which is interesting. But uh, I'm sure there'll be a grand plan that will come and reveal itself. But I, I think Buckley's an interesting option. Definitely, um, it's definitely got potential to be good. Like we've got, like I said, we've got a lot of depth in the right wing position now. Buckley, an out and out winger, can play kind of only the wing. I, I imagine he'd play left wing if needed, but definitely kind of the out and out winger that he likes. The type of winger who's not going to fuck about, going to get to the byline, swing across in for the strike force. It, yeah, it'd just be nice to have a striker who could get on the end of it. To be honest with you, and you can you uh, can make the most. It's same with Maurice. I mean. I think we're all expecting a bit of a drop off with Marais, which, you know, given his, his pedigree thus far, is maybe to be expected. I think, but I don't know. I think I think, I think got the potential. I think even if he did drop it's, off quality wise, and you remember, people have got to remember last season he was playing right back, that position. He's yeah, it's, in, it's entirely still, entirely possible. We're still getting fleeting assists. I think people doubting Marais is like stupid. He got us off the line. If it weren't for him, <laughs> he might never actually have got promoted. And the mm. kind of said, and I think. With how we're going to have to set up next year, and undoubtedly a relegation scrap, his set piece delivery alone is going to be worth the signing on fee. But 
Will, what do you reckon to Buckley? Um, yeah, I think I think he's a good addition, and I think it, uh, him signing will change things in terms of the way that we we set up, uh, particularly in the formation. Obviously, we were playing three at the back last year with wing backs, mm-hmm. and like you said, Moraes was kind of playing a bit of a right back role. So to bring in Buckley and then still have Moraes as well, um, as actually as out and out wingers, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, and obviously let them. Like be going forward all the time rather than having to cover the track to the right back or left back respectively. Yeah, so yeah, um, it's, an exciting, it's certainly it's a name which I don't think. Obviously, we've had with other signings, we kind of get nobodies these days, and Buckley is actually a kind of a a name that people know. So it's definitely going to be an interesting one, and it's, it was a good first signing, shall we say? Um, signing that's not officially, but we'll stick with the right wingers. Not officially been announced, but fucking Da Vinci Code on Twitter. Just so cryptically announced it. Um, Sammy on the orbit is returning. Kind of a divisive one amongst uh, the line of inner group chat and the fan base at large. Actually, I don't know. I think it might be quite uh, a nice one for our fans. There's definitely different opinions. Me, I'm pleased with it. I know, I mean, you know, Amiobi isn't exactly the most consistent in the world, but I think he offers something, a bit of kind of spontaneity, a bit of spark, a bit of like creative kind of uh, imaginative imagination which we don't have especially with Clough gone we don't have any of that kind of someone who can call, make something out of nothing a bit of a skill player a bit of a flair player and now if you've got to remember in November when we played easily our best football of the season it was Amiobi who was absolutely tearing it up and Clough is, you know he didn't really link up with Clough that much because Clough was on the opposite wing but uh, it was you know, it was Clough Vellum and Amiobi who had such a good kind of understanding with each other and obviously Laurie Wilson's gone now. He had a good, you know, with the right back on that wing. But I, what do you think, Chris? Because I think Amiobi's, I know it's kind of a bit of a luxury, shall we say. But I think with our current predicament, I said beggars definitely can't be choosers. And I think mm-hmm. this is probably the best we could get with the situation we're in. Someone who might blow hot and cold, but if used well and even a good kind of good run of form, blows very hot indeed. Yeah, and my only reservation would be if we were signing him as a first choice. Um, mm-hmm. As a squad player and as someone to come on with 20 minutes to go, if you're chasing a, um, a goal or anything like that, absolutely no problem whatsoever. Um, I think the attributes that you mentioned earlier about him being a bit of a luxury, that, that's the only side point detractor for me. Um, I don't know how often we're going to be able to employ a luxury in games. You know, It implies a little bit of an element of comfort, perhaps, in, in victories and results, which we had last season, which allowed him you know, a player that's never shone at championship level. Definitely not. The time and time, the time and space, and the quality of opposition to really show what he's capable of. Yeah. Um, I hope he completely goes on and, and proves me wrong. But um, I, I would expect him to be, you know, second choice behind or Maurice or yeah, uh, Buckley on, on on that right hand side. I think it's good to have depth. There. It's good to have options. I think Abby will be Definitely. probably play in an attacking midfield role as well if needed. Yeah, I think he is a type of player who's kind of good on the ball, good first touch, good uh, close control. <laughs> Could kind of be deployed there if needed, because and as I think probably up front, if in an absolute bind, I know it's a streak of piss, but he's like six foot four, so he's a bit imposing. So it could be used in that regard as well. I do think it's a good, I do I think it's a good signing because I said he just has that bit of spark about him. I, I don't think he'd be first choice. I don't think he's industrious enough. I don't think he's you know, defensively minded enough to at least at no. the start of the season when we're getting going. But and I should say, is that not, beg the question? Is that sorry to interrupt? That beg the question is to. Maybe the, the wisdom in parting with probably what is quite substantial wages, given that we just let the spearing go because we wouldn't pay him what he was earning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I can't even pretend to, to know what he might be on. I mean, Obi. But given his, where he's come from and his pedigree, I, I, bet, I bet he's in the top ten earners. Maybe, but I don't... It's simply that we couldn't, we wouldn't have been able to sign him if he was on mm. a, a ridiculous amounts these days. So, and I kind of... It's weird, but I feel like we kind of... Whenever we get players along, I feel like it happened with Lafondra, happened with Spearing, happened there with Amiobi. I feel, feel like we kind of... Some players that we latch onto, we kind of found like a really good connection with them somehow. And it always happens like you get players that come in on loan and they do really well for the like with Amiobi's case, consistently well for at least a couple of months for the first time in his career. And obviously he went back to Newcastle, never really got a fair shake. And maybe he's just want to, you know, maybe he won't work out. Maybe he won't be good enough for the championship. Maybe and when we go back down to League One, which he undoubtedly will, I have changed my tune on that confidence. Um, then all the good for it. But it's a t- it's a place where he was confident, a manager he's played well for, perhaps the first one. And I think it's. It could be a good move all round, especially if it's just a kind of a confidence issue with him, which those types of flair players often is. But what do you reckon to it, Will? Um, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. Obviously, he divided a lot of opinions last season, and he fitted very well in the team with League One, but it remains to be seen whether that is his level or whether he can perform at the championship level. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he was at Newcastle, but didn't really get enough game time to prove himself there in the Premier League. So, um, I, th- I think it's just, a matter of seeing how well he bonds in terms of, you know, his relationship with the manager and whether it's that that kind of made him form the way that he did last season and whether he can bring that to the party this season as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, as I said, beggars can't be choosers. We're going to have to take everything we can get. And if we can get a player with a bit of skill, a bit of attacking flair, then mm-hmm. we can't really turn it down at this point. Especially when we know that he has played well for us before. Like, you can't get really, you know, there's a bit of a guarantee. You know, we don't get that often with signings these days. Um, and of course, the last signing we made, Mark Little, the right back from, I want to say Bristol City previous. Yeah, correct. I have mm-hmm. very little experience or knowledge of Mark Little. Well, you saw him on Saturday, so you're gonna have to fill us in with. Yeah. Um, to, to me, when he signed, he looked like the typical rugged right back that that we like. You know, he's more bothered about the way he plays than the way he looks, which, you know, is always a good thing. <laughs> Reach for a bar, um, so yeah, he he looked good at first. Um, he was a bit slow and a little bit off the pace, but I kind of blame the rustiness of preseason for that. Um, I've got to give him a fair chance, really. But um, obviously, we've got Stephen Darby coming in as well. So whether oh, he then becomes, I'd forgotten about him. I was like, people were mourning the other day. <laughs> like, I, w- I was on the official bulletin like playlist because I was writing something, and I was mm. like. People keep mourning that we've got loads of right backs, but we've only got a little. Who the fuck is this other right back everyone keeps talking about? And of course, that how boring it was, I completely forgot. We have signed Stephen Darby as well, who's mm-hmm. released from Bradford, and another player that mm-hmm. Parkinson knows very well. He played as well on Saturday, I believe. He did, yeah. He, he was like another Andrew Taylor, you know, just never really puts a foot wrong, just, just does the job. And I, I feel like, obviously, with his past relations with Parky, he might then become the main right back if we go to four at the back again or depending if we go to three and then a wing back then I think he could play there as well because he looked pretty pacey as well so um, it's yeah good, it's good to know we're getting you know floddingly and slowly we are kind of getting players in plugging some gaps Chris uh, do you think I, I might have talked about this on the last podcast but it was long ago do you think we should have kept Laurie Wilson no no to be honest with you I'm, I'm all for a clean break with the the squad that failed so badly in the championship, and I find it hard to let that go. So, yeah. no, I'm quite, con- I'm quite content to give Little, Little and Derby a, a chance. I don't know, 
know Derby played for Liverpool donkeys years ago, um, and he had a couple of moves, I think, in between there. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite happy for him to make the step up because it's good to, to look at the way opposition fans um, respond to losing a player. And when they turn around and tell him he's shit, I wonder sometimes whether that's the case well, of... You know, remember the famous case uh, of Andy Taylor last year. Everybody yeah, was, oh, exactly. Shit. Ha, ha, giving you our shit player. Ha, ha. And then he exactly. yeah, one of the best players of the season. Spurn lovers and all that sort of thing. So I, I think it, it, you know, two right-backs is, is, is more than sufficient. And I think that these two can, can chop and change, at least until we get settled. Um, I would be surprised if Derby didn't start as first choice, given Parkinson knows what he's all about, that reliability and familiarity uh, that comes into it. But we'll soon see, won't we? It's only four weeks yeah. off now. Yeah, it's scarily close. I mean, uh, we had loads of re-signs as well. Only one player who we wanted, and probably all expected, didn't sign. But the club, for their wrongs and shortcomings, they seem fairly confident our competent kind of negotiations and contracts at least when it comes to transfers and stuff and we've managed to keep Adam LaFondra Felipe <coughs> Marais David Wheater Andrew Taylor and Jem Karakan I don't think I'm missing anyone there you missed Medine unfortunately like, don't Shabu Shabu's earned somehow earned two year contract you forget I mean we may as well start Medine I think it's hard to not it, it'd be hard to say that he doesn't deserve a new contract ish after kind of how clearly how important he was to the system we played, but I still want us, if possible, to get a replacement in Chris. But what do you yeah. think to Medine and all the others we signed? I think we've done really well Not... to keep the majority of this squad together. Agreed. And my, my criticism isn't necessarily only Medine. I would have given every single one of that squad a one-year contract at best. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll point to my previous answer, the fact that they were so fucking diabolical Who in the championship last Wieter, time. Wieter got a one-year I think Karachan's one year. So I'm quite happy with the contracts that we've re-signed, you know, in general. Even even the likes of Medine, I'm quite content that he's re-signed. My, my beef with him would be the length of the contract. I think giving them all 12 months and letting them prove themselves with the memories of 2015, 16, uh, still relatively fresh, um, would give them a bit of security and also push them to, uh, to sort of maintain the standards they set last season rather than get back in their old habits. I wonder whether people like Medine... Uh, judging from what he's done in his, his career so far, he might look to impress and then sit back on his laurels a little bit and, and take it easy from thereafter. So I hope we don't get that, and I hope that he does push on. Um, I, I wouldn't put any money on it, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but you never know, do you? You never know with these things. It's a it, Football's a funny game, and I would hope that we do get some sort of improvement out of him. I worry about the likes of Wheater and so on. You know, with the, the pace of the division, we saw how badly he struggled against Palace in the Cup. Um, I know that was Premier League and Remy's an international, blah, blah, blah. But um, I think Karachan's the one. I think he's a, he's a really good signing so far. He's got, he's got the pedigree. He's got the you know the respect of the division as well, I think, given what he's achieved previously. So I'm excited to see how he gets on. Um, but all of them, to be honest, they've all got something to prove, haven't they? Even the ones that uh, that came up last season, like Beavers and so on. You know, I don't think he's played that much championship football. So it'd be interesting to see how he gets on, and I'd back him to do well. I think more more so than we, more so than we to probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, with the kind of the most serious, tra- with, there's a lot of transfers swelling around as often is, even though people continue to link us with players that oh, we have to pay for, which will never happen. But the two kind of serious ones that look like may well happen is we link with West Ham Joe, Josh Cullen, and Reese Burke on loan, and I think if we get both of them to win, I think the squad's looking a lot rosy. Cullen. Um, easily, quite easily. Apart from apart from Meredith, who missed out, uh, who we missed out on as he went to Millwall. 
Um, he was easily their best player in the playoff final, and I don't, I can't really recall if he spoke, but from what I've read, he's kind of a young and a fast uh, defender who could play right back or centre back, so a good versatile defender, and that would be some good enforcement if we could get him in. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, 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 I heard that. No, it's right. I, I heard a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the rumour about it initially. Um, and it seems to have kind of just dragged over the weeks a little bit. Like, I thought that was going to be one of the first signings, and then it just hasn't happened. So, whether it's fizzled out or whether it's still going on in the background, it's it's hard to tell. But um, I think it, if it happens, it will be within the next week. But if not, then I think we need to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think to the. And the free agents, on the free agents, the contracts we've renewed, uh, Will? Yeah, yeah, good. Um, like Chris said, I think Karishan would be a good one. I mean, out of the senior players that played on Saturday, he was the standout, standout one of them all, really. Um, some good touches, good three balls. Uh, as usual, obviously, uh, the re-signing of Valve is crucial. I agree. Um, I, I said on a couple of occasions on Saturday um, when he was having his chances that he really needs a goal because usually when we have him for half a season it takes him 10 games to get going and by then it's it's too late for him to score enough so I think the uh, the earlier the better regardless of whether it's in pre-season or not he just needs to get firing and then hopefully we'll have him uh, fully going by Leeds mm-hmm. I think I think LaFondra is such a important signing because there's no way we're going to get a striker with such a kind of proven pedigree like a goal scorer for that and he could very well be the difference I know he's not had the best of it in the last few years he's not played much <laughs> therefore he's not scored much but mm. uh, you know a, play, a club he loves club finally settled you know I don't, I can't imagine him going mm. to another club in his career now he has some security he has some guarantee of where he's going to be playing his football I have all the confidence mm. in the world he's going to shine and mm-hmm. yeah so it's like, we've been quite positive so far and it is uh, I think we'll continue that because the first friendly Will as you know you went to it we somewhere yep. went 2-0 down to Charlie I've got a mate who's mm. so that was fun and <laughs> we thankfully came back from behind to beat him to two, uh, two goals from Harry Brockbank and a goal from Ryan White I want to say yeah and yeah what, what 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 do we do in the friendly there was also two teams for each half we had a trialist there Loads of kids, many of which aren't really kind of household names to everyone. You know, we had Perry, Lonsdale, Brockbank, White, new signing Connor, Connor Hall, I want to say. Hall's haven't got the best mm-hmm. uh, kind of track record at Bolton, so interesting to see how that goes. Um, how did they all do? Who was the you know, standout, rustiness, whatever? What, what have you got to tell us, tell us about the game? Um, so the, the, the senior players that started initially were Anik, Wheater, David. Uh, Buckley, Karachan, Medine and LaFondra. Um, obviously, none of them really got the chance to shine with us being two down in 20 minutes. I mean, the first goal was kind of just, it showed the inexperience of um, youngster Lonsdale, I think. Um, it, it long ball came over the top, he just didn't clear it and someone just nipped in and got it behind. Um, and then the other one was someone just turned Wheater inside out and that was that. And I mean, like Chris said before, I think he's going to struggle with the, the pace of the championship. You know, having been turned inside out by a non-league striker, you know, I think he's going to have to prove himself again this season. striker who I hear is actually shit as well, so... <laughs> yeah, Medine did a couple of good knockdowns. Um, LaFondre had a couple of chances, but couldn't really convert. Buckley looked like another Marais, really. He was just looking to cross most of the time. Went on a couple of solo runs, but... Nothing really came from them. Like I said, Karakan was 
probably the best one of them all, just being able to distribute it around the midfield. Um, the V didn't really do much, but again, didn't put a foot wrong either. So, um, other than the two goals, which we can kind of see past, we didn't really do too badly. Mm-hmm. First they half, they did. Um, that was a bit uncalled for. I didn't really see the whole situation, so I'm not going to guess at it. But I, from what I, from what I saw, there was a big challenge on. Um, I think it was Jeff King, and I'm not sure if it was King that had fouled him or the other way around. Um, but afterwards, both players got up. There was a Big tussle, particularly a, a massive push from the Chorley captain. And um, King did well to control himself, really. And the Chorley captain got himself sent off, which was a bit ridiculous, I thought, particularly in pre-season. But we do we do love a good pre-season scrap, don't we? Definitely. How did King do? He's a player who's obviously got kind of a lot of attention at the end of last year when people wanted him, people saying he could be in the first team, but obviously the embargo mm-hmm. didn't allow it. How did, how did he do? And then the likes of Perry... And I can't, is that it? Was that it for the first half? Was it Perry, Lonsdale yeah. and King? Yeah, King's a little stocky, stocky lad, uh, winger. He, he's he's quick and he's got good feet. Um, didn't really get much chance in front of goal. Chat back a couple of times covering for Lonsdale. Um, so he seemed to run the left wing really in the first half, which I was <coughs> impressed by. But um, other than that, obviously everyone was only given 45 minutes each. So, you know, like I said with Lonsdale, I, I, I don't, criticise him at all really for what he did you know it was just as inexperienced and I think he tried to get back going you know before the half was out but couldn't really get a chance um, and then obviously at half time there was a complete uh, complete side change so senior players were Howard, Derby, Beavers, Andrew Taylor, Josh Feller, Prattley, Chris Taylor and uh, I think that was it actually and then we had the trialist as well, uh, the Swiss international. Yes, yes, and white. Yeah, the trialist particularly stood out to me. He was about six foot seven. He was like a another crouch. He just being able to knock balls down like they weren't even an issue. Um, and then obviously Brian White was outstanding. I've never seen a, a player move so fast. He must his his pace is insane. Um, and Hall as well. Hall was very good as well. What Hall was a left winger, okay. as far as I know. Um, was white then was white a striker. White was a yeah, kind of like a right wing, right forward. Um, yeah, he, I think he was kind of pairing up with the trialist a little bit. Um, but one player I thought really excelled himself, obviously, was Brockbank. Yeah, he, he just looked like I thought. I genuinely thought Rob Holding was playing. Mm-hmm. He, he just looked so composed and going up for the headers at the corners and everything. Yeah, well, it just sounds fucking well hard, doesn't it? Um, it's weird because like we had this kind of class of youngsters a few years ago that we all liked like who most of which never made it it's like Walker and Blakeman who's playing for Charlie uh, you know O'Halloran Jamie Thomas you, Jamie Thomas exactly yeah Sammy Zade still, you know, still knocking about but obviously wasn't involved in this game despite loads of other people being do you think these youngsters we have now, so White, Brockbank, King, Hall, Perry, like people who haven't actually had as much kind of kind of limelight kind of exposure and hype about them, could be the ones that maybe finally break the you know break the way and get into a good contingent of youth players into the first team for the first time ever? Yeah, I mean, I said in in one of my articles that I put on, up on Saturday that I think that even when 
we get some more signings and the youngsters need to be given a fair chance and a fair crack in the first team. I mean, um, some of them perhaps need another year to develop, like I said, Lonsdale, possibly Jeff King, um, but Hall, um, White and Brockbank, I think, all should be given a fair shot this season, really. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Brockbank a couple of times on the bench, uh, White as well. Um, so, yeah, I think they, they could potentially be, you know, uh, they're all, they're going to be backups really because we've pretty much doubled up on all the positions now. So, um, you know, with the the injuries and the suspensions that are inevitably going to come over the season, um, I think they'll get the chance and hopefully they can they can take it and prove what they're worth. What do you reckon, Chris? Do you reckon we'll finally see some youth players make their way in? Yeah, whether it's through choice or necessity, you know, this preseason will show. I think that we need to get these guys bedded into the first team because. If things continue as they are with our recruitment, there's every chance they're going to be there on the bench, aren't they? So we need them ready to step up, which I'm all for. I'd rather sink sink with a uh, you know a raft of academy lads in the team than than barely keep our heads above water with a load of shy talks that we've picked up from the Swiss fourth division. Um, but time will tell, I suppose. Mm-hmm, definitely. And yeah, that was the game one. And um, what were the goals like? I'm not really. I've not seen anything. I think, I'm guessing um, were headers from corners. Yeah, bro. I think one one was a header, one was like a stabbing, uh, from close, close range. White's was a good finish. It was a goal mask scramble and then just smashed it in, into the roof of the net. Um, really impressed by his performance overall. But yeah, so just really good goals to be honest. Good, good, good stuff. Um, moving away from Charlie, the first piece again. Obviously, we you know positive on that, positive on the youngsters, but he's just one mm-hmm. friendly. You can't read too much into it. As you say, losses don't matter, wins don't matter. It's just kind of the performance and how the team's looking up and whatnot and fitness and all that sort of stuff. Moving back to, I guess, the first negative of this podcast now. We've gone a good 25 minutes without a negative, so we're doing pretty well. Of all the players that did resign, obviously there was one glaring omission because Jay Spearing has gone. I think of all the ones that there was to sign on, I think we all kind of expected due to his wage packet that he'd be the one who wouldn't come back. And, well, he's still not signed for him yet. I wonder if there's a long queue or there's no queue. So that'd be interesting to see where he does end up. But, yeah, all ties have been cut with Jay Spear and Chris. What do you reckon? I'm a little bit torn, to be honest with you, because at his best, I think he would have been a really good player for us going forward this season. But with my logical head on it, I think we've probably only seen his best for about three or four months, maybe. Of the entire you know five years, whatever it is that he's been with us, on and off. I don't think he's been anything like as consistent enough to automatically earn a lucrative renewal. So on that basis, I'm quite happy for the club to, to put a line in the sand and say, look, this is where we are. If you want to sign for us, then this is what you're going to earn. We're not, we're not going to be uh, put over a barrel by somebody who I think is pretty replaceable. If you're looking for a lower league clogger who can mm-hmm. do a sort of 20-yard sideways pass, pass every now and then, I don't think he's attacking plays anything really to write home about. His passing is, you know, is short range at best. Um, you could probably interchange him with Mido Kamara, that kind of player, when in that, uh, yeah, it would be nice to have kept him, but, you know, I think, I'm not going to lose any sleep over I it at the same time. It's kind of good sentimentally, because I think he's a good captain, I think he's a good leader, and he does kind of tear ass about the pitch, even if maybe other aspects mm. of his game aren't up to scratch in a particular game. He does constantly, he's the engine in that midfield, but, I'm excited by the prospect of kind of 
I don't know. See, I don't know if he's going to go for for next year, and if Vela's dropping deeper, maybe a diamond. But I'm interested with a Karakan and Vela kind of double pivot. That could be interesting because obviously both are very good in the ball. Vela's got loads of energy. That could work, and that could lead us to actually having kind of good movement in the middle rather than having a clogger there. Obviously, we still have yeah. Derek, who obviously splits opinions quite drastically. Maybe he could fill in the defensive midfield role, but I think another defensive midfielder might well be needed now, uh, Will. Yeah, I think so, because Spearian was my player of the season last season. Obviously, like you said, he's the, he's the engine room, really, and he's going to be. Uh, we're going to miss him next season. So, um, as you say, Vela could always come back deeper, but I think I'd like to see him play another season in the number 10 role, really. Um, and I can't really... I can see Prattley playing, but I'd rather him not. Um, but Derek could potentially do a job. I'm still very... 50-50 on him really but if you can get like Josh Cullen there I think he's that sort of position I think he'd fulfil that role very well so yeah uh, it's a weird one I think and that's the problem like Suspirium's gone we have kind of 20 if you include Amiobi we have 20 kind of senior pros at the minute four of which are goalkeepers mm-hmm. three, four of which are right wingers we have no left winger we only have two strikers we only have three centre back well Four, if you count Derek, who's a bit of everything. One left back, um, no left wingers. I think I said only a couple of centre midfielders. The squad isn't only empty, Chris, but it's incredibly imbalanced. And I think um, I don't know where the signs going to come. I don't know if we're going to get enough kind of depth in. You know, the season's only three, four weeks away. Obviously, we have these youth players that we just talked about that could kind of supplement and plug some gaps if required. But it'd be hard to rely on them, especially when it's going to end up being a relegation battle it does seem like are you worried I still think we need to ship players out I think Amos needs to go for the sake of his wages and him not being very good obviously wasn't Ivana Saturday if we could get rid of Prattley even though he has a bit of experience and of course he's kind of well, as I said with them defensive midfielders he kind of he does a lot of running as well his wages are so high that if we could get rid of him that'd be a boost and obviously we need to get rid of kind of Chris Taylor and Maybe well, actually, I don't know if there is any other cloggers apart from Taylor. It's just, he's the only proper shitter that we could do with getting rid of. Because obviously, Jamie Proctor fucked off. Thank God. What What are you feeling about the squad and what are you feeling of the confidence for next season? Now, because the last time we was on a podcast, I was quite confident we'd stay up. I thought we had a mm. good team. We'd got a good nucleus. Um, I thought the style Parkinson has been playing last season would suit a relegation battle going, and that still applies. But I'm a little less confident now with this imbalanced squad so close to the season. Yeah, pretty much. To be honest with you, it's taking the words out of my mouth. I'm, <clears throat> I think we've renewed where we needed to renew uh, and the pace of, of the incomings has been a little bit slower than I might have liked, but with a bit of perspective, it is only the first week of July. Um, and the last couple of transfer windows with our mate super agent involved, we've left it till the last minute, haven't we, each time? So that could mean that we don't necessarily get the signings that we want for another six weeks, seven, eight weeks, you know, when the season's already a month old, we're six, seven games down, and who knows where we're going to be in the league at that point. So I don't know. I think we need to make the we need to make the move sooner rather than later. We can't hang on until the last minute this year because a fast start is vital. If we get a Dougie Friedman style eight, ten games where we're struggling, then you know momentum is everything, and it's hard to see where we might come back from that. So overall. I'd, I'd like us to speed things up a bit and I'd like us to start looking for a little bit more quality in terms of these uh, incomings. And I say that in terms of the pedigree of the players we're signing, not 
anything against the lads that we've signed because obviously they are what they are. But Cullen and Burke is a good start. You know, I don't know a great deal about them, but they're spoken of quite highly by West Ham fans and even Wigan fans, which is rare. Um, I'd like to see a centre forward come in, though. I really would, and that's not a slight against Lafondre or Medine, but we just need we need numbers and we need quality. Um, who that is, I don't know. Whether it's the likes of Wilson at United, um, he's one that I've often thought might be worth a punt. He's never really done anything since he broke on the scene. A couple of loan moves. Um, uh, James Wilson oh, at United. He made a couple. Of, he made a couple of scoring appearances for United's first team under Van Gaal, and I think it was Brighton and Derby. Yeah, he didn't really do anything on loan, but he's a sort of player. You know, he's, he's young, he's, he's hungry, he's, he's got a good pedigree, got something to prove. <clears throat> uh, I think he's played for England under twenty ones as well, so yeah, yeah. he's got he's got something about him, and so that's the sort of person I would want us to go for, whether that's out of our price range or not is another matter altogether. Uh, but there's still time, so it's not you know I'm not. Climbing off the top of a, climbing on top of a building to jump off by, by an imp stretch of the imagination. Um, I just like things to maybe hurry up a bit so I can sleep easier at night. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Will? Um, yeah, I think that we we still need to strengthen, in particular areas like Chris said, we need another striker because um, this season's obviously going to be very testing. So it, it it's just a test to see what sort of additions Park is looking to make because um, I don't think he's Obviously, the, the moves he's already made are, are good. You know, I'm content with them, but I, I don't think we're going to stop there by any means. Um, and just to get a bit of squad depth really is going to be really important because we do tend, we have a tendency to get a lot of injuries and suspensions and what have you. So the last thing we could do with is to to fall short with players. And whether that means you know the the, the youngsters come in, then fair enough. But I'd rather have some solid backups. And like I, like I've said previously. I think to, it's going to be this season is going to be a massive test of Parkinson, just to see if he can actually do it. You know, if it, if it's his leadership that's going to make him stay up. You know, if that's going to be the difference between you know Lennon sending us down. You know, if he can keep us up, then he's obviously a much better manager. Or if it's the players that have done it, then you know, I think it's just remains to be seen whether it's it's going to be the players or the manager that that depend how we finished. That depend how we finish the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, well, one thing that could also kind of determine how we finish next season is, of course, the money situation. We're currently in the scenario where, well, the announce the accounts, sorry, are going to be released. Supposedly, it's been apparently, uh, it's been signed off according to Big Ken. Um, they're they're going to get released next week. Uh, a full three months late than they should have been. Be interesting to see what they say. I think people are expecting it to confirm that uh, Anderson has bought a further ten percent of Holdsworth shares, who you know has all but faded into the background at this point. And then we have the situation where Holdsworth wants to sell up, but he can't sell up because uh, Blue Marble need to agree a deal with Andersons and the crux of the deal is the loan repayments have to be agreed, which. Anderson can't meet them so it's all a bit of a stalemate and then obviously we have money situations because Dean Moxie has been quite vocal on the social medias in the fact that he's not been paid he took to Twitter to say just that that he did not have been gone without promotion bonuses and been waiting for him then good old uh, Anderson Jr. took to Twitter to say that well quite remarkably he published uh, Moxie's earnings 
at 12 grand a week which was quite an interesting move and then said that he would be in as a coat by Monday and of course the Monday came and went we got to Thursday and he still hadn't been paid and which he went onto Instagram to put a picture of an empty wallet with the caption when are we getting uh, bonuses or when are we getting paid lads tagged all the players who had left Matt Davis Laurie Wilson Jay Spearing Connor Wilkinson who's also left thank fuck and then put families to feed all fun and games will but it's quite mm. embarrassing and annoying yeah it's not really a position you want to be in uh, particularly publicly you know because it's it's the opposition's dream isn't it really just to be able to laugh at us because we're a bit of a a public shambles at the minute but I mean the the quicker that can be resolved the better I think because we've had enough of that going on over the last few seasons in terms of, of finances and you could really do without um, any further embarrassment so I think to resolve it it's going to be the easiest thing and I know we're still struggling the, for the money to actually make that go away so it, it's going to it does look like it's going to carry on as much as we'd like it not to but I mean obviously Moxie's within his rights to express um, that he's not been paid. Whether to go to social media was the right move, and I'm not sure. Um, perhaps he would have been better keeping it to himself, but I, I'm kind of split on that. Um, but yeah, it's, we're in a bit of a mess with that at the minute. I, yeah, could do with getting rid of that as soon as possible. Certainly are in a mess, aren't we, Chris? Well, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, well. Um, expressed it in the same way that I think really you know we we owe Moxie just pay him move on um, I don't have a problem with Moxie expressing yeah, himself don't. on social media he's entitled to do what he wants he's, it's interesting though the, the, the connections that he's got we saw the back end of last season with their own social media and tips that uh, he's tight with Wheater and Spearing so don't for you know I don't for a second think it's a coincidence that, uh, that Moxie's the one that's pushing these things forward and I would completely be um, I wouldn't be taken by surprise in the slightest if, if Wheater and Spearing were either egging him on or, or complicit in it in some way at all. Um, although, as a general topic, I'm all for the curtain being pulled back on things like this and seeing what goes on behind the scenes. Um, even if it shows us in a poor light, I love it. I love all that sort of behind the scenes ducking and diving and falling out and making up again and that sort of thing. You know, It, it, it shows the absolute carnage of, of a football club you know, on the surface of things, they might well be a swan gliding serenely across the, the lake surface, but underneath, the, the feet are going fucking ten to the dozen, and there's all sorts of shit happening. Um, I just hate talking about finance, though, at the same time. It, it's the most tedious of topics, and yet, in the last four or five years, we've all become experts on financial fair play and assets of community value. ABCs and, and courts and talking... Yeah, and witness statements and stuff. Mate, I've been so, researching a big article that I've been written, writing for it, which is basically just means going through all of uh, Ian Firth's yeah. excellent articles from every court appearance to his analysis after, and uh, and his understanding is brilliant. And if you, if you're confused about what's happening at Bolton at the minute and what situation we're currently in, you need to go mm-hmm. onto lineofinsight.com and read all of White Man Smurfs' articles because they're excellent. They are so help you understand so much and. It's, it's dire. It's dire, isn't it? It is, and it's 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 a mess of our own making. And so this is where my um, my feelings towards Ken Anderson come into play a little bit because you know it, he's inherited this mess and he's put his own money in to keep us going from time to time. 
and he's also withdrawn that same money as well, which he's completely entitled to do. I don't know what kind of chairman he would be during a, a time of prosperity, and, and given what I hear, that's what he wants. You know, he wants to sell the club so he's no longer liable, but he wants to stay on as chairman, you know, uh, ostensibly for the for the glory of it. I mean, who wouldn't to be, you know, a Premier League chairman going up and down the country, eating the finest food and, you know, caviar and champagne off the, the thighs of young waitresses, blah, blah, blah. But I think we're in, a good, we're in reasonable hands with him in terms of the um, transfers and the makeup of our squad. I think the test will come in the first dozen games of this season that's upcoming. Because as much as I, as I, I hate to, to, to say anything bad about Parkinson after what he achieved last year, our fans... You know, almost to a man, a hysterical wankers. So, if anything was to go wrong in those first dozen games, and it wouldn't necessarily be the fault of Parkinson, given the hand that he's been mm-hmm. he's been given. You know, who's to know what Anderson's response might I be? Whether they could afford his meltdown well, the other day when well, we all got blocked. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, talking about Ken more specifically, I wonder whether a we could afford to sack Parkinson if things go wrong, or whether he actually would and and, and show patience. It's all shaping up to be a dead interesting first sort of 8, 10, 12 weeks of the season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially, as we said, when the accounts get released this week. Keep an eye on Line of the Street for that, because no doubt we'll have a good breakdown of it and assess how fucked we are. But only time will tell. I think there's not much left to say here, Chris, but I mean, you've got, you asked the lovely Twitter fans a question. Readers, I shouldn't say fans, that's a bit dickish. But you've asked the readers a question, what, what they said, and what is the question? Oh, yeah. And I didn't realise that you were coming to that straight away, so I well, apologise there. Right? Anything else to talk about unless you do? No, no, no. Fair to play. Let me just whip the old phone out. Right. So my question earlier on today, <coughs> excuse me, to the lovely readers was: at this point in the summer, how do you feel about Wanderers and their recruitment? So I'll go through the answers one by one, uh, and just we can pick up any of them. So Will, Dan, if any of these. Uh, Resonate with you, feel free just to shout out. So, Ian first, I've heard the old Super White Smurf came up first. With, the devil. Mm, happy with the re signings. Yeah, plus Little and Buckley, but the embargo obviously now biting. If not removed and takeover fails, I fear for next season. So, a few ifs and buts in there. The embargo um, of damn. 600 days. Mm. Got to be the longest mm. embargo in football history, I imagine. Ever. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, it's also the two, we had two embargoes. Been doing a lot of research on this. We had two embargoes at one point. One didn't allow us to sign anyone because we just didn't have any money. Then that one got dropped uh, quite soon after the Andersons took over. Then we have this embargo, which limits our squad to 23 players. The Football League have to check our accounts all the time and all that shit. So <coughs> 600 days going strong. Did we have to release? Was it Lavelle? Did he go? Or was, is he gone or not him? Yeah, he has, yeah. Poor guy. The friendly the other day. No, he wasn't in the squad. No, was he not? Well, yeah, we had to release him because he's a, on a professional contract and we obviously couldn't keep him, which is a shame. We couldn't have been a shame because he's a, a promising young player, but we have to move on. Yes. That's the fucking embargo, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. It's a, it's a tough time. Uh, OK, so Eddie, line of any ready. Uh, so far, all right. Defence seems sorted. Still need a re- as a replacement for Spearing, a winger and two strikers. I think we've spoken about that, haven't we, very much... Uh, in agreement there. Lee Tennant, formerly of this parish, um, possessor of my favourite Line of Inner podcast story, yeah. when he got a parking ticket from Aldi that time for yeah. using their Wi-Fi, recording their podcast, sat in his car. Remember it um, de- Yeah, decent, recent, everyone bar sparing, so thumbs up on that count. The summer is young and many transfer opportunities occur when the Premier Clubs do late business. I think that's an interesting point, Will. Um, 
You know, the mm. Premier League clubs are all scrambling round. But there's been quite a few interesting players put on free transfers, release, you know, Fraser Campbell, mm. talking about Kone, uh, Ricky Lambert, people like that. Do you think Wanderers can afford to leave it late, or do you think we need to strike while the iron's hot? I think, um, I, I think we need to get... Yeah, sorry. I, I think we need to kind of get going with that because the longer it goes on, it just looks like we're we're getting more and more desperate to just scrape up anyone who's left, really, at that point. And I know there's some big names, like you said, Lambert and Campbell and all that. But obviously, again, we're tight for wages, so whether any of those will happen, I don't know, and I doubt they'll be willing to take pay cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones who are there and the ones that we can afford, I think it needs to be done sooner rather than later, just so we're not looking as desperate as as we may be under the skin, yeah, as we are anyway. Yeah, I think definitely. I think early the better we get a full squad kind of in order, then good. But I, I think when deadline day comes around, I kind of trust, and this is the only thing I do trust the answers, but I do the trust their ability on the last day to kind of get last-minute deals done, get some nice bonuses, that nice supplements to the squad. But we need to get as many new signers as possible, really, as quick as possible, so we have a settled squad for the start of the season. Agreed. Agreed. Matt Aberdon, uh, in a two-tweet thread, uh, content, I think, ha- <coughs> Excuse me. happy with who we've got back in and very happy with who we've let go, brackets, moxie. I think we've cut our cloth sensibly, given the financial shitstorm we find ourselves in. I do worry where the creativity is going to come from, but there's a month till the season yet. Well, I suppose the move to sign Amiobi is, uh, is one nod towards that. Uh, Adrian Johns says, solid signings, but not enough yet. Gutted about spearing, huge loss. Need to add quality up front and midfield. It's not good enough to survive. Ownership is a joke. Need to concentrate on an embargo and takeover to unlock signings rather than arguing on Twitter in columns. Well, I think we've already had a bit of a chat about whether it's the owner that's arguing on Twitter and in columns. Um, so we won't dwell on that particular one. Anything in those couple of tweets you want to pick out, Dan? Nah, I just agree with all the sentiments really thus far. Fair enough. Paul Howard says, too many League One players. Point that I would uh, I would agree with myself. Mm, we need I, more I, championship quality or we will end up back there not bothered about spearing though. I think we and, had championship quality last time we went down. I don't think that matters. I think the, what matters is the kind of the quality of the player, not the kind of the hunger of the player at this level. And, you know, we're not, gonna, we're not aiming for anything good. All we need to be is better than three other teams. And I think as long as you have kind of a hunger and a passion and some sort of like discipline, obviously a little bit of ability, I think that serves you a long way and having this squad that has kind of a winning mentality has a taste of winning and is settled, maybe not settled completely in a formation because obviously <coughs> whenever, last season whenever Parkinson had to adapt to injury or selling of players, it took, it took you know a month or so to get a new system in order and get settled but mm. kind of, you know, we have players who are used to it, we have, we have partnerships for the first time ever, you know, we have Wheater and Beavers, who's easily the best partnership, centre-back partnership I've possibly ever seen as a Bolton fan. You know, we have Vela, who's kind of comfortable in his role now. Medine and Lafondra started playing together, didn't have much time, but they did play together on you know, the last day of the season, so there's a bit of an understanding there. I've, I I, don't think, I don't agree with that. I don't think the amount of League One players are not. The Championship players now, it doesn't matter what league they were in, they are in the Championship now. You know, they have to prove if they're good mm. enough to keep us up, and I think the majority are. Just I don't I don't think the quality affects us too much. I think it's just the like I said the hunger of the players, and I know how much of a rarity it is for players not to be affected by what's going on in the background. You know about whether they're getting paid, but I think at the end of the day, if if they can just ignore that and if they just want to play football and get good results, then that's what we need, regardless of how 
good, like how good they may be on paper. I think it just matters the motivation behind the players and whether the, there's enough of that there because, you know, when you've got people like Moxie doing all that stuff, I know that they were all ex-players, but, you know, if you'd have started getting present players involved, then, you know, that could have easily affected, you know, pre-season and then knocking on into the season. So I'm kind of hoping that there's not too many who are here with us at the minute that are affected by that sort of stuff. I know Buckley said in his interview when he first arrived that he's not even bothered about what's going on off the field. And I know that at some point it will crap up for him, you know, it will affect him, but I'm hoping that for as long as most of them are staying, it won't be too much of an influence on the way we do. Mm. Yeah, and let's not forget those evil bloggers. Let's not forget them. Um, I think Parkinson's going to be a good one for his old lads. I think you know, I, I'm, I feel like we're in safe hands in terms of him. He's a, he's a steady idea, isn't he? And I think if we're going to look to, to survive as our sort of bare minimum, which I think is fairly reasonable given what we may expect. I, I couldn't think of many, very many other managers that I'd, I'd want leaders into the season. Maybe Neil Warnock, but that's just to prove a four-year-old point. Um, moving on, uh, where were we now? Uh, Sean, happy with Alf, blah, 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 uh, Murray's Karachan, optimistic about Derby, but hard to focus on anything else in the ongoing financial circus. Well, yep, absolutely agree with that. Uh, Joe Kennard, could be better, need the creativity and a solid ball winner. Now Spearing has gone. Still got to be optimistic, I suppose. Um, Will, just quickly, um, do you think we've got anyone within the ranks that could do that? I don't think Prattley or, Spe- or Derek or even Vela are that particularly good at winning the ball. No, I mean, I think Vela was the only other one who looked relatively solid, you know, going into 50-50s. He threw himself around quite a bit. I think Derek isn't that strong-willed enough, you know. I think Spearing... Yeah. I think Spearing just had that fighting mentality that he was going to win that ball if it was going to kill him, you know what I mean? Um, He was just going flying into every challenge and that's kind of what you need because when you've got someone running the midfield, he's not scared of, you know, six foot five lads coming towards him when he's half the size and, you know, when he's kind of the game changer in the middle, you've you've got to have someone like that Um, and we don't really have anyone in the squad like that either because I don't think I've ever really seen Prattley go in a 50-50. And there's got to be someone No, there's got to be someone who's who's just willing to go in for it. Um, you know, just this is going to be a weird one, but even to just have someone like I don't know, Joey Barton. You know, imagine. I know everybody hates him, but it'd be ideal just to have in the middle, and it, the opposition hates him, but it'd just be ideal to just go flying into fifty fifties and actually run the midfield. I bet you won't be signing him though. No, I doubt it, but it just. He'd be an ideal one, really. I know the point, yeah, I know the point you're making. I know the point you're making. Uh, Okay, Craig Monks is better than expected, but that's not saying much. It's going to be a long gold slog next year unless the club is sold. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Quickly, lads, do you expect us to stay up next season? Dan? I did at first. I'm not sure now. You'll have to ask me before the Leeds game, or maybe even on the last deadline day, the, the deadline day. I was, I was very confident, as I've said, for the reasons I've said before. Now, I'm not as much because of the state of the squad and the financial situations, but I think we could be better than three teams. I think we could be better than Burton. I think we could be better than Millwall. I do think we could be better than Sheffield United. I think we could be better than Bristol City. I think, I think, there's, I do think we could scrap it, but I'm not as confident in saying that now as I was five weeks ago. Well, mm, yeah, I, I think we can survive, but I'm not 
you know, in no way do I think we're going to finish anywhere above 16th, 17th, you know, but just as long as we can get some sort of stability because we don't belong in League One and it's, you know, there must be a reason if we do end up going back down, then it doesn't represent what we are as a club, you know, we are bigger than League One, I know that's going to rustle a few jimmies, but um, yeah, um, I just think that we do need to get ourselves back in the championship and stay there and if we can then look to build on it in the in the coming seasons rather than just being a Euro team. So, yeah. Fully agree. Fully agree. Um for what it's worth, um I think we'll we you know, with the right signings in the right areas and the right management and a bit of off field stability, I think we we'll, we you know, we might just about scrape it. Um but it'll be by the skin of our teeth. Uh, Dan, back over to you mate. That's uh, that's that it for the question responses. Yeah, thanks everyone for getting in touch. Well, that, my friends, is the end of Lion of Vienna Sweets Podcast, episode 80. I hope you've enjoyed. I think we've been fairly positive for such a negative blog that didn't even celebrate promotion. But you know what? <laughs> We're good writers, aren't we? Great writing. Uh, you know, physically endorsed, great writing on lionofviennasweet.com. That's it. You can come up, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Mabroski. Follow Chris on Twitter at 19 You can follow Will on Twitter at will one Jones. Yeah, that's it. Oh, well, that was a great show. And of course, you can get us on Twitter <laughs> at Lion of Vienna Steve. Of course, go over to lionofviennasweet.com for all the latest ball and transfer rumours and wills and loads of articles on the Charlie game for all the information on the younguns and the trialists and whatnot. Get that read. And of course, keep your eyes peeled because the accounts are supposedly coming this week. We'll know a lot more about the state of this club and hopefully we'll have some, yeah, some solid news and some hopefully some stability going forward. So check that out. And that's it. There's nothing else to say. It's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Say goodbye, Will. Goodbye, Will. Yeah. So it's goodbye from me. So <laughs> that, yeah.